nobody asked. It's been a while since I've uploaded, but I wanted to wait till I have a very special guest today. Um, I am here with Shahida Marai, and she's a very inspirational person to me. And if you don't know who she is, you probably have heard of Dirty Cookie, or you went there and tried it. But uh, she's the founder of Dirty Cookie, and we're here to tell her story. So hi, Shahida. Hi, Amina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Um, so tell me a little bit more about yourself. If I were to ask you, who is Shahida? What would you say? <clears throat> good question. Um, who is Shahida? Well, I am um, the oldest of seven kids. So oh, I'm seven. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, from a very young age. I was um, very responsible. Um, and I, so I start, I mean, I, where do I start? <laughs> so I was a very responsible child my whole life. Everybody thought I acted older than my age. Um, and then I basically, uh, you know, I was a very studious person growing up, like through school, um, you know, the older, oldest child syndrome. Yeah. And, and, um, um, I moved uh, to Egypt. I was raised in California and I moved to Egypt for the first time when I was like 14. And that's kind of when I built myself like Shahira became Shahira is when I moved to Egypt. Actually, I started like understanding my culture and the Egyptian people and I fell in love with them and I felt like I connected um, with Egypt. I stayed here for two years during high school, and then I moved back to America to finish my um, high school degree. And then after um, I, I did one year of college there, and I'm like, no, I want to go back to Egypt so bad. I miss it. Yeah. So I called my dad. I was like, hey, I want to do study abroad. He's like, yeah, where? I was like, in Egypt. He's like, Shahida, that's not study abroad. <laughs> a study at home. Yeah, and he, I was like, no, it's study abroad for me, dad, because I didn't live except like a couple of years in Egypt. So I really want to go back. So I did one year in college here at AUC and it was so great again. And then I had to go back to America um, to finish my degree. And then I finished really quickly. I like super expedited my, um, I did summers and winters to finish college in three years. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I was like moving back to Egypt <laughs> and then I did that. And then, um, I moved to Egypt and then a year and a half later, the revolution happened and I yeah. had to go back to America and stayed there till basically now. So, yeah. yeah. And like with, when you come back um, here, would you feel like, you, which place do you belong the most? Like, how do you feel like, which place are you connected to the most? So that's a really hard question because I think there's a generation of people like me who were raised between two countries and two cultures that are kind of like mixed now. Like, yeah. And we have, I feel like we've created our own community in a way um, because like, I feel like I belong in America and I also feel like I belong in Egypt. They're both my home. Um, but I know I'm not like, 100% Egyptian, like culturally and man mindset wise, I don't fit yeah. into the Egyptian persona. And then I also don't fit in the 100% American. Fa we're like this blended culture. Um, yeah. And I'm okay with that. It makes me who I am. And it makes me unique. And I love it. So um, but 
if you ask me personally, I miss being in Egypt because it's I always I love the Egyptian people. I like to yeah. be here. So. I feel like what um what like I stay I I was abroad for two years and when I was there all I wanted to do was come back and now that yeah. I'm back all I want to do is go back yeah so I feel like I don't really belong in one place actually but yeah I have the urge to go back now but if you had asked me then I wouldn't want to be there at the time <laughs> anyway so tell me um the like how how did the thought of starting your business start or like when did you know that that I don't want to okay so I heard your interview with uh, Yusuf Sabri which I loved by the way <laughs> and uh you you uh worked at Boeing for I think I don't know how many years I can't yeah, uh, remember years. yeah and uh you left that and you started your business so yeah. how did you how did the thought come up and how did you just like put in the risk to start something you didn't know was gonna boom like this at the time yeah so um so i think from a really young age i knew i wanted to be a, a business owner i wanted to have my own business um um to me being an entrepreneur you have the ability to, you know, change people's lives. You have the ability to give people opportunity. And that's um, when I moved to Egypt at 14, I realized that's something I really wanted to do, especially here in Egypt. So uh, that kind of became my mission in life. And then um, I went when I started working at Boeing, it's kind of when I, I was working for three years there. And then I was really skyrocketing and growing there really well. And then I had my daughter and she was kind of the um, that, you know, made me feel like, okay, now I have a kid and I have an amazing job, but where's my business? That's all I've ever dreamed about. So she made me really jump into it um, when she was five months old. And I was like, you know what? It's just going to happen this year. Like not, ha you know, having a kid is not going to stop me from my dream of having a business. So I um, signed a five-year lease to a store when she was five months old. Um, oh, and I was still working full time at Boeing. Um, and I just like threw myself into the fire and I just said, let's just go. Um, so the idea came to me. Um, I'm a big believer in, you know, you attract everything to yourself in life. I'm a yeah. big manifester. Uh, I like to call myself. I manifest everything into my life. And um, I believe I manifested the business into my life as well as the idea because I was a big dessert person and I knew if I was going to survive Los Angeles, it had to be something unique and different. Um, and then I just came across like after I signed the lease, I was like looking up dessert recipe ideas and I saw this lady on Pinterest like molding cookie dough on a bowl. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can make, you know, a cup, a shot because I like milk and cookies. It was supposed to be a cup, but my engineer yeah. told me it had to be a shot glass. I love the story behind the engineer as well. Like I, I know it was like a frenemy situation and I love that. Um, yeah. Maybe you could tell it. So, Yeah, so when I started at Boeing, I was one of the youngest, I was the youngest uh, project manager at the company. Everybody was over 50 years old. I think I was 22. And wow. uh, I was managing 50-year-old um, uh, men and <clears throat> they did not, take that very lightly they were not happy um that a 20 year old uh, girl girl is what they viewed me uh, was coming yeah. to manage them um i had a lot of difficult i have sorry 
I had a a lot of difficulty my first year at Boeing because these men did not want to work with me at all. And uh, one of them was this engineer who was my main engineer on all my projects. Um, And he set me, he, he literally would tell me and other people he's setting me up for failure because he wanted me to fail. Um, So this engineer, I, I tried very nicely to work with him and he just, he wouldn't respond to my calls. He wouldn't come to the meetings it was really bad. Like there was nothing I can do. Um, so one day I went and I like told his really good friend, I was like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this engineer. Like I'm going to fail. I have a report due on the projects and he won't give me any information. Can you, you know, help me talk to him? He's like, yeah. So he went and talked to him and he's like, look, it's not her fault. They brought her in here because they're trying to save money. You know, the younger people are cheaper than us and stuff like that. (laughs) So, um, like he's like please support her but I was really good after that I went and I like I told him I was like look I'm only here to learn from you I'm not here to be your boss or manager or anything like I know nothing compared to you you're like a genius aerospace engineer like I literally knew nothing so I was very honest with him and I was just like I'm just here to help like help me help myself and you as a team after a while, it took me a while to build trust with him, but he eventually started trusting me, started liking me, and then we became best friends. Like, later. Yeah. he was the, he changed my life actually because it was, uh, his name was Alex. And um, when I came back from maternity leave, I was like, you know, venting to my friend. I was like, Alex, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to be an employee anymore. I'm ready to start my business. And then he's like, you sound like my crazy cousin. You know, he just sold his house. <laughs> He just sold his house to start a business, a, a boba tea, you know, the bubble tea business. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, Alex, I have to meet this guy. He's like, no, he's crazy. I'm like, no, no, no. Please introduce me to him. <clears throat> it was that introduction um, to Alex's cousin that changed my life forever because he was the one that introduced me to the to the landlord of the mall in California. Yeah. And literally within like 24 hours, I signed the five year lease. So but it came and I like to really point this out it came from this burning desire and i'm you know like i've had this burning desire to start a business for so long and like i'm really big about shareability because i believe when you share anything about like how you feel what you're up to into the world it just brings it right to you so like by me just sharing with alex by me um just sharing with alex like i'm ready to start my business i'm you know, like you put it out into the world. I put it out there. He's like, yeah. you sound like my cousin, introduce <laughs> me to your cousin. And it all just happened. So, um, so I'm really big about like, if you have something like you want to do, like tell the whole world because you don't know who's hearing and who can help you. And they might just offer you a solution. Um, so yeah. And Alex ended up being the engineer who designed my molds for me. Um, you know, and, uh, for the cookie shots, because we now have a, we have a patent on the molds. Um, so nobody can, um, make them with our molds the way we do at a scale we do. So yeah, we started as enemies and became best friends and I'm still in touch with him. (laughs) That's, that's amazing. Actually. I love, I love this story so much. And you said you're, you're a manifester, so you definitely believe in law of attraction, which I love. Yeah. And so tell me like, how did, how did you start realizing like that there's a thing called law, law of attraction? Okay, so um, so in college is um, when in 2006, I remember very clearly, I came across The Secret, you know, the book. Yeah, I have it. <laughs> yeah. So I started reading it at school. And, um, 
that's when I was like, wow, this is interesting. Well, let me test it out and try it. And I remember I was like, I really wanted a purse, like a specific purse. And I'm like, well, let me see if it's going to work or not. And um, so I started like manifesting this purse uh, or like, you know, listening to what the secret said to do. And I started like visualizing it and seeing it. And um, anyways, it was like two months later, I ended up getting a purse, not the exact one I manifested, but very close to it. My mom's friend ended up giving it to me. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this works. works. (laughs) (laughs) It's a moment of realization. Yeah. So when that like I tested it out with the purse and it worked, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can have anything I want now. So that's when I started really, you know, believing that I can have anything and anyone I wanted. So I would just start like manifesting, like, you know, doing well in school. And I started like manifesting um, relationships and uh, you name it. I was like very like into it. And then the more I got it, like every time I got something, I would like. I would like my level of manifestation would grow even further. So now I'm like, it's been God knows how long, you know, from 2006 till now, but manifesting. So I'm like, okay, I can have anything in the world. So my like visualization exercises, my manifestation are like pretty intense right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good thing, though. People, I feel like, tend to think that manifestation is some sort of, like, witchy stuff. Yes, when you said, like, oh, I manifested that, it's like... <laughs> not let's talk witchcraft. about that, because yesterday I actually had this conversation with a friend in the car. She's yeah. like, doesn't this go against religion? And yeah. I'm like, no, it's 100% faith-driven, actually. Like, I my strong belief in God and my, you know, my spirituality, like is, and how I manifest things is all because of, you know, how strong I am spiritually as well. So I believe, um, you know, a lot of people in America, like don't like to use the word God. So they call it the universe, right? The universe. Yeah. But for me, it's a, it's God. The universe is God. Right. Exactly. Um, so I, um, so my strong, I have a very strong and deep relationship with God. And I believe like he, like he says, like, ask me, you know, ask and you shall receive. That's yeah. literally what manifestation is. Like ask, I ask, but I ask very specifically. And I think um, another thing is like, you have to believe like you're going to get it and you got it already. Fama. And a lot of people, yeah. they go through a lot of self-doubt. They're like, yeah, well, I want this, but I don't you know, deep down, they don't feel like they're going to get it. And I feel, yeah. I'm like, my complete trust in God that he's going to give me everything I want and ask for is why I'm so confident that whatever I'm manifesting is coming to me because he never like fails me or never lets me down. So that's, exactly. so I'm like, there, so I find it very interesting that people think it's like different, but it's actually a completely hundred percent faith driven. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I agree with you. Actually, funny funny story how I got in touch with you was kind of around the same level (laughs) so I was doing this podcast episode with a a person who became a friend of mine and we were talking about like like just inspiring people in general and she said she she listened to a podcast episode with you and I was like wait you, you like was it good and she was like yeah but it's long I was like okay let me watch it and so after I after after my recording and after I edited and I listened we listened to that conversation I put my laptop down I searched up the episode like I I love okay 
no no shade for podcast but i haven't listened to any of yusuf's episode but that one and i was like okay let me listen to it i i left it like playing and i was just doing a bunch of things i was like what if i could bring her on my podcast that would be amazing and so <laughs> I felt I feel like I kept being like, okay, how am I gonna get in touch with her? Uh, I didn't want to send to the dirty cookie um, Instagram because uh, very, like a bunch of followers, you probably wouldn't have received the message. And so I was like, okay, let me find her personal. Let me DM her. Is this gonna work? Is this not? And it did. So this is a little, um, <laughs> yeah. I kind of put that out in the world, and it happened. Kind of uh, yeah, thing as well. I really, truly believe you can have anything you want in this world. Um, you, exactly. you just have to believe it yourself. Like, if you yeah. believe that you can have it, you will have it. The biggest challenge is that people don't even believe that they can have the things they want. So oh, they don't. I feel like also not even just like have it. I feel like some of some of us don't feel like we deserve the things that we want. And so that kind of also plays into the mind game thing. Yeah. And that's another topic about self-love and and self-love is very very important but we can yeah get that later yeah okay so um you uh, besides the fact that pinterest inspired your business and pinterest inspired my podcast i'm pretty sure pinterest inspired like everything right now yeah but um you said you started your business with a baby mm-hmm. and you i think you you said you sold your house as well so yeah tell me a little later. bit more about that yeah so um what so after we opened up, um, you know, God bless my mom because my mom was one of my biggest supporters. Like she helped me with my, um, a lot, like while I was working, she would watch her and take care of her. She was very young. And then, um, we opened the store and things were going really well. Um, you know, I had the normal business challenges where I thought I was gonna, you know, be profitable bubble by now, but it took, you know, years later. So, um, yeah. things ended up costing me you know, four or five times what I budgeted. So I ran out of money really quickly. Um, but I knew I had something because people loved it. And people were really, you know, talking about it. So I didn't want to give up. And um, I it came at a point where I'm like, okay, I I'm out of money, but I only have my house left. <laughs> it's my only let's, income. let's sell that. <laughs> let's just sell that and go all in. And I did. It was a very hard thing to do. But if you if you don't believe in yourself, like literally who else will, right? And I believe so yeah. much in myself. So I'm like, you got to like gamble on yourself and bet everything you have on yourself. And um, so that's what I did. And um, I sold the house, funded the business. And thank God I did because, you know, that, you know, that got us through a very challenging year. And then uh, even when COVID hit. Yeah, uh, COVID was a whole or- ordeal. Yeah, COVID. I lost my business again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I lo- we had a huge catering business at the time, um, so I lost that. And um, again, it was my faith in God that got me back up. <clears throat> was um, I remember sitting there? I let go of my whole team. We had a team of fifteen people. I told them, "You guys, I have no orders. I'm so sorry. I will. Um, yeah, I-, I promise you, I'll get back out of this. But right now, I have to let you all go." And um, I took about a week to myself. I meditated. I prayed. I prayed every day. And I'm like, God, I know this is not the end. You would never do this to me because we have a plan together. You and I, Yeah, you know, we have a plan. We're we a team. <laughs> this yeah. is not like, so what are you trying to tell me here? Like, what's happening? And, um, and I remember, like, I just saw this decorating kit idea come to me while I was meditating. You know, I saw a little girl decorating the cookie shots. 
and I believe like I am very I believe I'm guided and I feel like I get like messages and stuff so that for me was very like that was a message to try it and I tried it and um we literally sold like 400 boxes in 48 hours um just me and my partner Nadia (laughs) and it was just and we had no staff so we had to make all those cookies ourselves literally yeah 2020 and I was (laughs) I was too nervous to bring back like you know and you know nobody was allowed out of the house we had very strict regulations so me and Nadia were like sneaking out like (laughs) meeting at the uh, at the office to, to make cookies it was like it was so scary and we'd see police cars everywhere in the streets because nobody's allowed out. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, what are we doing? We're just trying <laughs> We're making cookies. <laughs> we're making cookies and trying to ship them, you know, for Khabesa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a very um it was a very interesting time, but it was so great because it got me back up again, uh, alhamdulillah. And uh what was your other question? I know you asked another uh I think we covered both the questions, but okay. I also I have another question. So um of course, that time was very stressful, as you said. So how was your mental health during all of it? Like, how was your mental yeah. health, basically? So um, the first few years of business, I was very naive. And I did not know anything about, like, mental health or personal development. And I was a complete mess. I think I would say for the first three years, um, I was a very, like, uh, hot mess. I couldn't manage my life. Um, I was completely overwhelmed with uh, the three jobs that I was doing. And uh, all my relationships were failing, friendships, uh, everything was failing. I was like, Oh, my God, I can't balance anything. Um, And, um, and then I just knew this was not the way I wanted to live my life. I was like, this is not why I started a business to live miserably like this. So um, I went to a lady who inspired me and this is something I totally recommend for anybody to do is like if you have someone that's like a role model or that inspires you ask them how they're doing what you want to do right and this lady she she had four businesses uh two girls and she was happily married and she was always smiling and I'm like no I need to know what this lady is doing like why is she always happy (laughs) I only have a baby and I had she and like she has two kids and four businesses and I went to her and I'm like hey like what's your secret like I need to know how you're just so calm and relaxed all the time like I've seen her I've known her for over a year and I'm like there's got to be a secret here fa she um I found out from her she told me her secret was meditation she's like I meditate every day and I'm like oh this cannot be the answer (laughs) I was like this cannot be the answer because I everyone just says that (laughs) I know I was like I have major ADD like at that time you know I was like complete my mind moves so fast yeah um, I couldn't sit still for five minutes I didn't even know how to be in silence like I was a very a, per- a person if you um I couldn't stand silence I would get in the car and I pick up my phone just to call anybody for no reason because I didn't want to drive for an hour in silence like silence, I was very yeah. uncomfortable in silence um so I'm like, oh, God, let me try it. So I tried it. It didn't work out. I felt, like, very anxious. And I was I couldn't sit still for five minutes. Called her, and she was like, no, Shahida, try it again. Keep trying for one month, five minutes a day. <clears throat> so I did. I, um, you know, I downloaded an app called Headspace and did the guided meditation for five minutes a day. I remember by the second or third week, I started feeling a little better. I felt like I can, can you know, I could sit through the five minutes. It felt like a minute. And that's yeah. how you know you go, you've go. you gone into that state of mind of transcendence is when you don't feel time anymore or time goes by very fast. So then, like, I started up, 
upping it to 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. And then I fell in love with it. I felt more calm. People were noticing that I worked with, that I was at more peace. I wasn't stressed out like I usually, I wouldn't cause them panic. If, um, then I fell in love with it. I started doing more different types of meditation. And now I can go, you know, almost three hours easily without. With, three hours. Wow. Yeah. I think the longest I've meditated at one time is about three hours. <clears throat> and it feels like maybe 10 minutes. 10. Okay. Yeah. No, I can't. I, I, like I can. I think I can go five minutes, but I can't do more than that. Like I haven't well, tried. Actually, I haven't. But um. I use this app that's called Insight Timer because I, I used Headspace for a while. I was like, actually, you know, I don't feel like this is working. So I downloaded Insight Timer mm -hmm. and I went for like, I think, two weeks-ish with the app. And from two minutes, I went to five minutes. Like, let that go. Actually, this conversation made me want to go back to that because uni and stress and the, the getting your whole life together also is kind of out there in yeah. your face all the time weekend um weekends are great to meditate because like if you don't have anything going on in the morning it's yeah. for me like fridays here in egypt i like i love to spend one hour just meditating in the morning because i'm like i don't have anything yeah. to do the morning is slow it's really good for me um, but you will like with the thing with meditation, it's like planting a seed, you know, you can't just plant the seed and then expect it to grow overnight. Like you're not going to plant an orange tree and overnight you're going to have oranges. So I'm out like, yeah, this is meditation, like should be like a lifetime practice and it should be incorporated as part of like, for me, it's like prayer. You know, I, I, I pray yeah. every single day. So I also incorporate meditation every single day. Like some days it's five minutes. Some days it's two minutes. Some days it's an hour or two hours, depending on what I'm going through and what I need, how busy I am. Yeah, I love but that. I also like the the like. I don't. I don't think. I don't know if you'd call it that, but I like the silence of the mornings. So I usually wake up before the whole house because uh, my uni is in Tagama and I'm in Zaid, and so oh it takes like I have to. Yeah, <laughs> I have to wake up really early, and so I have around like ten to fifteen minutes of the day where it's just pure silence before I leave. And I, I just like to sit there. Like I don't even, I, I don't focus on my breathing. So I don't know if you'd call it meditation, but I just no, like no, me sit there, there in silence. There's a lot of meditations that don't have anything to do with breathing, actually. Yeah, that's, it's it very interesting, actually. Guys, uh, start meditating. I feel like we should all do this together. Let's call this a journey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, you started your business in uh, Los Angeles. And mm -hmm. what made you decide to come back to Egypt and start it here? And how was it so different from each other? Yeah, completely different businesses. I feel now I'm running like literally two different businesses um yeah number one but covid covid was the reason i am uh, able to be here today in egypt um, because it made my job virtual um which is amazing like i manage my whole team virtually um i go back and forth every two months between california and egypt um they don't need me as much but with the decision to actually open dirty cooking egypt was like okay well, I've always wanted to have a business in Egypt because I've always wanted to like make an impact with hiring, um, you know, people in this country. And um, and then when the, you know, people have been asking me for years to open in Egypt and I was just like, no, I can't focus on it. But now that I was able to be virtual, I can do both. 
Um, so I was like, okay, let's try it out and see what happens. Um, either way, like I have a plan of like opening up franchises all over the Middle East. Let's test it out yeah. with Egypt. So um, that's what we did in 2021. Um, I moved uh, with, you know, with my daughter to Egypt and um, I developed the menu. It took me like three, four months. It was really challenging with the ingredients here. I had to import so much, <laughs> so many different kinds of ingredients because yeah. it was not the same quality uh, for sure. So that was very challenging. And then, um, yeah, we opened in September 2021. And um, I've learned a lot about the market. Uh, definitely the market here is very different than America. My clients here are like college students and teenagers yeah. in America. I, if clients. I go there, it's very, very crowded, usually by us uni students. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, in America, my, you know, the youngest customer I have like in their 30s, you know, up to like yeah. 60s. So it's, it's very different. Um, so the way I market and communicate to both businesses is completely different. So I did not expect that, but um, <clears throat> it's good. I'm learning a lot. So yeah. yeah you're targeting we'll Zaid for you soon. Yeah, please, please. Actually, <laughs> I, I wish, yeah. We went actually um, last uh, semester, we finished and I was like, guys, let's go there. And when we went, we like, we were like what I think about 11 12 people or something and we just took over the whole place and we were just <laughs> being very loud I think your staff wanted to kill us but yeah <laughs> but no I love I love uh, you guys if you haven't tried it it's in Tagama it's in Garden 8 and um you should really really go try it okay so um tell me something okay uh Akid you've had a very uh, funny or just weird customer interactions because I love asking <laughs> about that so tell me uh, in Egypt like in both Wh which was the weirdest <sighs> the weirdest customer interaction I think it was like oh my gosh in America I think yeah. it was when I had first opened because nobody knew what a cookie shot was and I remember this guy he literally bought one and I don't know what he thought it was but he like I think he just like shoved it in his face <laughs> and all the milk spilled everywhere on him like it was just like he didn't even bite it it was just like he didn't know what he was doing and I told him make sure to take a sip first but he didn't hear me so it was like all over his shirt and oh my god it was so embarrassing I was like oh my god um, so then I had to explain to him like this is not how you you know eat it and stuff like that I that was that was very weird when we first started like and then um, one time a customer came into the store, but it was the early ages because nobody knew what I was what? selling. Yeah, what it was. Yeah. So they're like, are these candles? Like, no, <laughs> these are definitely not candles. <laughs> so, um, no, I got some pre... And until today, I still have like a big education problem because people don't know what the cookie shots are but um, yeah. and how to use them. So it's definitely still a challenge. Um but yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, definitely. I see a lot of customers a lot and the stuff they say and email and send is really, a lot of it is amazing. And then a lot of it is just like, how did they even come up with that? I don't know. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love, I love talking to businesses and then asking them about the weirdest interaction because I hear some very weird stuff and it's genuinely very entertaining. Okay. Um, I, there's a question that came to my mind and now I can't think of it. I can't even remember what it was now. Wait, yeah, okay, now I do. Okay, so um, who was your like? What's the what's one piece of advice that changed your life? 
mm. and that'll stick for you stick with you forever yeah um the power of networking um is so so important i can't even emphasize like so growing up i used to be a very shy kid um i never spoke i was mute during class and um I think it had a lot to do with like I didn't know who I was as a person and then like moving to Egypt really helped me build my confidence and I knew I'm like oh wow I'm Egyptian and this is my culture so I started building myself from there but I remember struggling with like self esteem and confidence as a kid and um so I would tend to just stay away from people because I had low self esteem and um when I started the business I had gotten a lot a lot better like I could talk to people and I was fine but I still didn't put myself out there. I was very I, like I wasn't shy but I wasn't out there. And what I learned in the first like 2 to 3 years in the business is that you really have to put yourself out there like get yeah. super uncomfortable meet complete strangers and like I've become like an amazing stalker because like what <laughs> I do is like I find people who are doing things that I want to be doing and I like stop them and I'm like hey like I send them messages DMs if they don't respond on Instagram I'll message them on LinkedIn if they don't respond on LinkedIn I'll go find their email like I'm like complete yeah. soccer mode why because I realized the power of one network one connection can change your life forever and that's what ended up happening when I got out of my shell in the first few years in business and you know I started getting uncomfortable and meeting random people like I remember my first like networking event. It was an official networking event. I didn't know anybody there. You know, most of them, a lot of them were men. And I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to go <laughs> say hi and talk to these people and tell them what I do. So I'm like, come on, Chita, we can just do this. Just go up to a random guy and just tell him, hi, this is what I do. And oh my god, I'm so uncomfortable. That was my first networking event. I was like yeah. 23 or 24. So I did it, and I started doing it more and more. And the more I did it, the easier it became. and now i wish i could just do nothing but network and just meet yeah. people because it really <clears throat> first of all it makes me really happy to meet new people i love hearing what other people are up to <clears throat> and then second magic happens when you guys share your challenges especially with like other entrepreneurs like i'm struggling with this and they're like struggling with this you end up being able to help each other or know somebody that can help, help yeah you know and make that introduction which changes their lives which makes me happy because i love helping people so my biggest piece of advice is put yourself out there get super uncomfortable and meet as many people as you can and always like talk to them and because you never know um you're always like one person away from a major life changing decision yeah i feel that so much cuz um i used to be very scared to um i i love talking i've actually was the complete opposite like i'm always talking 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 and so but i was very afraid to start a conversation with people and i feel like when i started my podcast it's all about conversations with people and i wanted it to become like a very casual interaction like a friend with a friend type of thing and so connecting with people was actually one of the best decisions i made so yeah i have connected people who became friends and who like i've worked with on multiple occasions and i feel like yeah the power of connection is really important and i love that yeah i, I okay, do anything I, that scares you yeah yeah i yeah, have to do that get out of your comfort zone i feel like that is a good piece of advice okay um i feel like this is a great note to end this conversation on i really really enjoyed it and thank you so much for coming on